0: Hello, Empire Builders. This is Kim Bonner with Business Scale Insights, continuing the podcast series on love and money. First off, I want to say I'm so sorry. I'm just getting back to podcast world. If you can tell by my voice, I got a real, real serious hit of spring allergies. Um, for the past two weeks and I really couldn't even talk. So as scratchy as my voice is right now, it's a whole lot better uh, than it was a few weeks ago. So my apologies for the absence, but it could not be helped or else it would have sounded like nails going down a chalkboard and you would have hated that. So I just wanted to get that out of the way. Today we're going back again to talk about love and money and Again, to recap, we talked about um, your relationship with yourself, your beliefs um, and how powerful your beliefs can be in impacting uh, your ability to build wealth, make wealth, create a business, all that good stuff. Today, we're going to pivot and talk about your relationship with others And when we talk about your relationship with others, we're really moving into this space of, I would call, emotional intelligence. And so that's gotten a lot of of airplay in the past 20 or 30 years, this idea of an EQ. So we're gonna talk about EQ today. And next week, we're gonna talk about this new concept, which isn't really new but it's just been kind of branded recently called uh, love intelligence or the LQ that Jack Ma talked about several weeks ago or a few months ago. So today we're going to talk about EQ. Next week we're going to talk about LQ and all of this is about developing your relationship with others. And believe it or not, folks, if that your ability to work with people and deal with people, and your people skills, and your emotional uh, quotient, and your love quotient if they're not all there, you're not going to be able to have a successful business, a successful work life, or a successful life for that matter. So, if you're going to have any kind of serious conversation about love and money everything boils down to relationships. And I established that early on in the series, talking about your relationship with yourself, your relationship with others, and your relationship with things. We've dealt with your relationship with yourself. Now we're going to pivot to your relationship with others. I think probably out of the the three areas, your relationship with yourself, others, and things, your relationship with your others is probably the most talked about aspect of how to speak succeed in business and create wealth everyone kind of understands on a basic intuitive level that without other people you're doomed in business and life people need people we're not just social creatures uh, for our emotional health but everyone is gifted with either assets or value or gifts or talents that all of us need and so no one is an island unto themselves so we actually know that and we, we get that, but it was only probably maybe until the 90s that there was a term called emotional intelligence that people started talking about because people recognized that you could be technically very strong, you could be highly analytical, you could be an expert in a lot of areas, but if you didn't have a strong EQ, you were doomed. You were doomed not just in life you know to be kind of a loner or you know sit by yourself in a corner kind of thing and suck your thumbs but you'd be doomed in your profession and for a long time i think before the 90s this was downplayed you know iq was god iq was everything i come from a long line of teachers And I remember kind of that hardcore analytical drive and bent of a lot of the people in my family. But my mom, thankfully, was the one who really drilled down in me at a very young age that I could have a really, really high IQ. But if I couldn't get along with people and if I had a low EQ... I would be broke like a lot of PhDs and engineers and and accountants and lawyers out there. I could be the smartest person in the world. But if I didn't know how to rein in my emotions and deal with people, I would not win in life. Now, let's just be clear. That's easier said than done because people piss you off. They tick you off. I'm not really good with turning the other cheek. I'm a warrior kind of chick. I like a good fight. <laughs> so don't let my my laugh and my, you know, great sense of humor fool you. You know, if you wanna come at me crazy, I'm ready. I mean, I never saw, you know, it it's hard for me to turn down a really good argument or or a really good battle. So I've I've struggled with this because I can I can I can argue with you um, intensely and fiercely, and then want to go out and party with you afterwards. But not everybody's like that. <laughs> not everybody's like that. Um, I can have intense fellowship with you and then cook you a great, you know, meal and, and want to watch a movie with you, but not everybody's like that. And so I had to realize myself that, you know, just cause I have the ability to be very objective and almost compartmentalize my feelings. I may I may completely disagree with you on politics, but that doesn't mean, you know, I can't go out dancing with you on Sunday night because you're the best salsa partner I've ever had in my life. Let's, you know, keep it 100. So I have that ability, and thank God, literally, I have that ability because it's done me very well in life. But I had to realize that not everybody had the ability to objectively you know, step away from their feelings, even and and so that, that was hard to reign for me. But, um, thankfully I developed some EQ, uh, skills by the school of hard knocks, because if I hadn't, um, my God, my life would be very different. So you guys know me, I'm a lawyer by training. And so I really like to define my terms. And doing some initial research on emotional intelligence, I came across some Harvard Business Review articles uh, that give a nice history of the concept. And according to Harvard Business Review, the term emotional intelligence was coined in a 1990 research paper by two psychology professors, John D. Mayer and uh, Peter Salovey. And Mayer defined it some years later in the Harvard Business Review as, from a scientific rather than a popular standpoint, emotional intelligence is the ability to accurately perceive your own and others' emotions. To understand the signals that emotions send about relationships, and to manage your own and other others' emotions. It doesn't necessarily include the qualities like optimism, initiative, and self-confidence that some popular definitions ascribe to it. About a decade later, a psychologist from Rutgers named Daniel Goleman basically said that emotional intelligence was really critical to business leadership. And in 1998, according to HBR's article, What Makes a Leader, he states unequivocally, the most effective leaders are all alike in one crucial way. They have a high degree of what has come to be known as emotional intelligence. It's not that IQ and technical skills are irrelevant. They do matter, but they are entry-level requirements for executive positions. I want to repeat that because that is so important. IQ and technical skills are important. They do matter, but they are entry-level requirements for executive positions. According to his research, along with other recent studies, they clearly show that emotional intelligence is the non of leadership. Without it, a person can have the best training in the world, an incisive analytical mind and an endless supply of smart ideas, but he still won't make a great leader. The article then went on to introduce five components of emotional intelligence that allow individuals to recognize, connect with, and learn from their own and other people's mental states. Please write these down, uh, podcast listeners, because I think it's really important. Number one, self-awareness, which is kind of self-explanatory. Number two, self-regulation, the ability to kind of regulate yourself. Number three, motivation, defined as a passion for work that goes beyond money and status. Number four, empathy for others. And number five, social skills, such as proficiency in managing relationships and building networks. So, According to the research on leadership and kind of success, for lack of a better word, this idea of of you being able to master emotional intelligence is far more important than your mastery of your technical abilities. Your technical expertise gets you the job interview, your technical expertise gets you in the door but your ability to work with people is really key. And again, emphasizing these five components of emotional intelligence, please remember them, write them down. If you even have a high EQ, that's terrific, but maybe your kids don't have high EQs, maybe your spouse doesn't have a high EQ, and most importantly, the people on your staff and your team, maybe they don't have a high EQ. And so you've got this great HBR article to help you. Number one, self-awareness. Number two, self-regulation. Number three, motivation. Number four, empathy for others. And number five, social skills. When you are interviewing people, this rubric, in my humble opinion, is critical for your interviews and your hires And whoever you're building your team with as far as your co-founding or whoever is coming together to help build your empire, they all need to have a strong EQ. I don't care who they are. I don't care if it's the lawyer, the accountant, the engineer, the data scientist. The training person, the person in HR, normally everybody thinks the person in HR has a high EQ. Believe it or not, I've dealt with three different HR folks who had the EQ of a grasshopper. So it doesn't matter what the title is, uh, what the department is, across an entire organization, Every it, it, your skills are a given. But this kind of EQ piece, in my opinion, is critical. And if you're talking about, you know, love and money and the capacity to develop relationships that make it rain for you and that build wealth for you and build wealth for you generationally, this is foundational. So this is really the... the, linchpin when it comes to relationships and money that we all kind of appreciate the idea that your emotions have to be regulated that there has to be some understanding of other people and empathy and all that good stuff and uh, as much as we claim in business and in entrepreneurship to be EQ focused When you look at hiring practices across the board, nine times out of 10, we focus almost exclusively on IQ and technical skills, even when people come in for the interview. And I would argue if you're going to make it rain and you're going to have the kind of uh, business that turns the world upside down and makes a dent in the universe, You have got to hire across disciplines, people with very high EQs. I'm going to share some stories with you that are going to blow your mind, but they're truth. It's not just my truth. They are objective truth. I've been in some of the best organizations in the world, some of the best and the biggest. I worked for coming straight out of my first first year in law school, one of the biggest law firms in Florida. You know, it's no longer in existence. Number one reason wasn't IQ. It was culture and people with a a very low EQ. For the first time in my adult life, I experienced sexual harassment along with a ton of other young ladies coming out of law school in that environment. It was led by people with very, very low EQs. And I'm being very delicate. It's no longer in existence. In my opinion, not because people were idiots, but because they had very low EQs and a toxic culture. The second firm I worked at, one of the biggest in the world, one of the most prestigious in the world, the number one intellectual property litigation shop in the world at the time. It's no longer in existence. It is defunct. It is bankrupt. It is not because they weren't smart. They had some of the best and the brightest. But there was a toxic culture, very low EQ, horrible decision-making pro To give you an example of some of the the low EQ that was in that environment, they had a, a gentleman who was a partner at a law firm in that firm who was literally... Um, part of the selection process and and, in choosing partners and different things like that. And I had to report to him and he would literally uh, throw chairs and desks and and, uh, different objects that were on his desk. And I remember laughing at my mentor and I said, it is just a matter of time before you all are going to be sued out of existence. And I literally warned them. I said, if this man touches me in any way, Please understand, I'm going to own this entire law firm. And I said, you know, I have a great sense of humor. And I said it smiling and laughing like I was just as serious as a heart attack. And that gentleman's ability to stay as a partner in that firm to me was indicative of a psychotically low EQ and a toxic culture. I pivoted and went into full-time intellectual property licensing work in the e-learning space. You have to know that whenever you're moving into universities and e-learning and IP licensing, you're talking about incredibly high EQs, IQs rather. You're talking about professors, you're talking about intellectual property. By definition, brilliant people involved. And again, I saw in many ways, so many crazy decisions based upon low EQ, not low IQ. So it's not just, um, you know, uh, theory, it's not just Harvard Business Review that is sharing this information. I'm giving you my own personal testimony, and I'm sure if you talk to any leader that's been in any capacity for longer than two years, they will share their own horror story of being in an environment with a lot of people who had high IQs and almost non-existent EQs. This is the problem. We give too much lip service to emphasizing EQ, but we do not hire for EQ. We hire for IQ. If you're going to take uh, your business to the next level, and if you're going to grow your business, And if you're going to make a dent in the universe, you have got to. I don't care who they are. I don't care if it's the lawyer. I don't care if it's the accountant. I don't care if it's the engineer. I don't care if it's the data scientist, right? I don't care if it's, you know, the blockchain expert. I don't care who it is. Marketing, advertising. Everyone across the board needs to be hired not just for basic skill but for a high level of emotional intelligence you want to know why because it's the emotional intelligence that develops the culture of an organization and culture culture is king. and if your culture sucks I don't care how well your product or service operates at some point your ability to sell and grow and innovate will be impacted by a toxic culture. Don't hire for IQ. There's got to be a minimum standard for people to get into the door. They have to have a certain degree or certain certification. But at the end of the day, you only bring people on board who pass a certain Test as it relates to emotional intelligence and empathy and social skills. And if people have not had real success with working with other people, run and head for the hills. If you think that this uh, bit of information in this podcast episode is going to help somebody Pivot from being IQ focused and move more into being EQ focused. I really encourage you to pass this podcast episode on. Connect with me on Twitter, BizScale Pro. I even have a Twitter handle, uh, BizScale Podcast. Connect with me on LinkedIn or call into the station. I'd love to continue this conversation. You can share with me your, your your horror stories. I can share with you more horror stories. Trust me, there are even more if you can believe it. But the bottom line is, we can create businesses that create wonderful legacies if we really focus on relationship. Rest, relationship with yourself. Without question, relationship with others. That is key. Relationships are critical in business. I hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll talk to you next week.